This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Pittsburgh Steelers have had some trouble closing out seasons lately. Uh, you can flash back to two years ago when they were 7-2-1 and one and then ended up missing the playoffs by a game that season. And the next year they were 8-5, and five, Ben Roethlisberger's injury season. 8-5 and five with a combination of Rudolph and Duck Hodges. They lost three straight games and went 8-8. Eight and eight. Then it's all fresh in everybody's mind what happened last year as the Steelers were 11-0 the best team in football for the majority of the season. And then, unfortunately, they lost all five out down. of their last six games of the season. 11-0 and to a 12-4 and regular season and a one-and-done in the playoffs for a final record of 12-5. and Not how you want to close things out. Not how you unleash hell in December like Mike Tomlin likes to do. Uh, and the thing that stinks the most is now Tomlin is starting to kind of get this moniker of a coach that can't close out a season where he had earned before that point the guy who literally just dominated December. Even when they weren't going to the Super Bowl and losing playoff rounds, they would still be a team that no one wanted to play because they were just simply on fire down the stretch. Something has changed in the past couple of seasons where that hasn't been the case. It's flipped on its head, and now it's the team that almost everybody wants in the playoffs. I think that... Out of any of the wildcard teams, if they could have chosen a team to play, I think it would have been the Steelers just simply because they just weren't playing good football down the stretch. And even though their rosters might have had more talent than another team, just it was an attractive draw, especially for the Browns, because A, we just beat them the week before. And again, they're not playing good football right now. No, and, they weren't. And that's been the trend of late. And it it's has. been a problem. No, it's absolutely been a problem. And I don't know exactly how to how to fix it or what it is or, you know what I mean? It's definitely been a trend. Um, and if, if, if you don't think that it's a trend at this point, or if it's something to be concerned about, I think you're kidding yourself. And I think it's even more illustrated when you look at the Steelers schedule this year, like you really got to start off hot in, in the you know beginning of the season, because when you look at the last four games of the year, when you get or five games, hell even or six, just say when you get to the month of December, you have Baltimore, Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, and Baltimore. That's the month of December to the last game, the last two games in January of the year. Like, that's not easy. And even more so now, you talked about how the Steelers have, you know, kind of collapsed down the stretch or given, you know, their, their, their leads away down the stretch in divisions in the playoff race. I mean, that's not exactly great going into December. I mean, you play Baltimore twice, you play Cleveland, Kansas City, like, that, that's that's like that's murderer's row right there you yeah. know and, and if if you don't have you know if you don't have at least you know probably nine ten wins to that point i mean how many games are you realistically going to win out of that that, that that you know six game stretch two at the most you know what i mean like playing baltimore twice playing kansas city cleveland tennessee your uh, easiest game is on the road against Minnesota. Right. And that's a team that's probably going to be fighting for playoff spot, too. Mm -hmm. They're probably right. in the same boat as the Steelers. When they go to Minnesota, Minnesota could very well be in the same boat as the Steelers are in mm -hmm. on the NFC side, where they're needing to win as much as possible to sneak yeah. into that wild card. And that's not an easy place to play, either. You know no. what I mean? It's not Especially an easy— Especially if it's a December game and they're a game back yeah. from a wild card spot. Right. They I need mean, to it's, win. It's not great, and— you know, obviously Baltimore, you know, those are the only two times you play them is at the end of the year. It's, you know, that might be for the division. Who knows? Like if you, you know, Cleveland thrown in there in Kansas City, like that's murderers at the end of the year. So you better have nine or ten wins up to that point. 
you know, until by you know week 13. I know that's maybe a big ask, but when you look at how the Steelers have slowed down over you know the last you know six, five, six games of the year, the last couple years, that's definitely concerning. And I don't know if it's going to get any better because of that. You have to wonder what the best they can do in that stretch is. You mentioned maybe two wins. That's going to be really tough. That's I think the Minnesota tough. game. I don't is even a must know if win. they can do that. I think the Minnesota game is a must win. I mean, and you you could say Tennessee because you've beaten them what the last two years, but I throw Tennessee and Baltimore in there maybe, and maybe even the first Ravens game only because they're simply just at home. So yeah. those are the games that you could circle. You're not going to beat the Chiefs on the road. No. I mean, there's a slim chance. It's the third last game of the season, but slim, slim chance that the they won't have, have everything wrapped up and they won't have anything to play for. Maybe. But but I think the Bills are going to be so close on their heels this year that they're going to need to play at least in that game just to try to lock up the one seed. Because, again, the one seed is just so much more important than ever before. As last year, you all know, they changed the format. One seed gets the only buy. So I do think that they might – although, you know, the Chargers are good this year, so they might not have the division wrapped up that right, early. But right. even if they were to, say, have the division wrapped up by – um, week 16. They would still be playing for I that still think one they'd spot. be playing the Bills and fighting the Bills off for that number one spot. I think if the Steelers got them in week 17, the second to last week of the year, they'd be more lucky to possibly have Mahomes not be playing. But I think this is probably the last game of the year that yeah. he will for sure be playing in no matter what. I mean, yeah. hell, the Chiefs could be playing from behind too and they'd have to play every game of the year. Right. But right. you just hope that you might got lucky there. I just don't think they will. So no. that's the day after Christmas. What a Christmas gift for Steelers <laughs> fans that's going to yeah. be. But you have to kind of buck this trend and i think the best way to do that is to have a very successful running game and that's what wins football in december and january in the playoffs is is running the football and playing good defense and not turning the ball over so if they can check all of those boxes and you know almost every single team they play in that stretch they're on paper not as talented as that team it's the first time you can't say that as a pittsburgh Steelers friend for a while but it's true in this case yep. You know, the Titans have more talent. Maybe the Vikings are the only one you can I'd make I'd say the Vikings for. are the only one that I'd be comfortable saying the but Steelers the Ravens, more the Browns, the Chiefs, and the Titans on paper all have more talent than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Titans' defense is still up in the air, but their offense is just so prolific right. that it almost makes up for that. You have to be able to run the ball late in the season, and you have to play smart to beat teams that are better than you. And that's exactly what the Steelers are going to have to do, and hopefully Ben Roethlisberger is healthy at this point in the year because they need all of the brains that they can get under center if they want to navigate this kind of a schedule. Yeah, they do. I mean, and, and I think that's a thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is the fact that this isn't an easy schedule either. You know what I mean? Like, it's not exactly... It's the hardest schedule in the NFL. Right, it's not an easy... And, you know, I think a lot of people are forgetting that, you know, it, this isn't, a, like, for Ben, this isn't exactly the, the easiest schedule to have in your last year of football, you know? But as you said, Tom, it is important that you have Ben... And I think running the football is one of the reasons why you know the Steelers have collapsed down the stretch the last couple of years and, and really let leads slip slip away. Uh, you know when it comes to the the playoff picture, I think it's because they they just haven't been able to run the football. And I think this year definitely helps. You know what I mean? Like having Najee Harris and and you know say what you want about the offensive line, but your your identity of the offense is is running the football. I think that's what they're trying to get back to. And if you can do that consistently and kind of play keep away, for lack of a better term, I mean, when you play Baltimore and Kansas City, those two teams out of that, you know, the last six games, 
um, I'm looking at here, like, who who do you least want to see on the field? You know, Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes. How do you keep them off the field? Will you keep the ball away from their offense? And running the football might be the best way to do that. Um, you know, in, in, in those games in particular, I think that's going to be important. But, yeah, they have to get back to running the football. And, and I think last year, for sure, is why they, they couldn't, you know, that's why they, they, they've lost, what, five of their last six down the stretch. It's because they just flat out couldn't run the ball and they couldn't keep the ball away from teams. And Ben was putting it in the air. And, you know, regardless of whether it's a, a first down run that gets one yard, um, if it's late in the, in the fourth quarter with less than five minutes to go, you know, at least 40 seconds are going to run off the clock. Whereas if you throw a pass on first down, 10 seconds are going to run off the clock. Then it stops. You know, it's, it's, that's the the situation that Steelers found themselves in last year a lot. And this year it has to change. Otherwise, again, I mean, are you going to beat those teams down the stretch? Baltimore, Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas city, Cleveland, and Baltimore throwing the ball in the fourth quarter. If you have a lead, no, you're not going to do it. Well, not only that, not only do the Steelers need to focus on running the ball, for themselves, Kellen, the teams you just mentioned, Baltimore, maybe the number one running offense in the league. Cleveland, maybe the number two run, yeah. running offense in the league. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes can create plays out of nothing. I, they're not necessarily run heavy, but Patrick Mahomes can honestly, or can can dependently keep the offense on the field. Tennessee, we obviously know yeah. Derrick Henry. Dalvin Cook, one of the better running backs. And then you go beyond that to the to – the, Week 13 game, Baltimore again. I mean, these are not – yeah, you have to focus on running the ball for yourself, but you have to understand that those teams are as good as it gets as when it comes to keeping their offense on the field, giving their defense time to rest in terms of ter- time of possession, keeping uh, the run game fluent. So not only are you going to have to focus on your own running game, you're going to have to understand or going to have to scheme to shut down their running game and make – your defense's life easier. You obviously need to win games down the stretch, and the it's not a matter of stacking wings beforehand and so you can collapse down the stretch because that's been the problem the Steelers have had. But you look at the schedule, and here's some games that they just they have to win these games. If they lose any of these games, you have to hit the panic button a little bit early. They have to beat the Raiders at home in week two. The following week, they have to beat the Bengals. They have to beat the Broncos at home. They have to beat the Bears at home. They have to beat the Lions at home, and they have to beat the Bengals on the road. They have to at least steal one of the games from either the Seahawks at home or one of these tough games at home against the Ravens or the Browns. That's going to get you to eight wins. If you can do what I said, steal one of those games against the Ravens and the Browns, or the Ravens or the Browns, and steal the game against the Seahawks at home and then take care of business in the games against lesser teams – get to eight wins. That's probably not going to be enough to get no. you into the playoffs. So you're going to have to pull some upsets this year if you're going to want to make it to the to the playoffs. And that's a position that the Steelers, you know, really haven't been in because it's very rare the Steelers are underdogs in yeah. any game. And they go to Buffalo and they're the biggest underdog. They're, they're going to be one. dogs in a I lot would, of games. A lot of games. Year. Maybe year. more games than they're favored. They yeah, very well it's might possible. be. I mean, just off the top, you mentioned Buffalo. Green Bay, Seattle. Um, maybe, Seattle might be Seattle a toss-up because toss the Steelers up. are home. Yeah, that's, that's total class. And you know what? That's a total game where the Seahawks are off to a great start, the Steelers are off to a rocky start, and then the line Cross comes country. out and the Steelers are minus one, and you're like, how in the hell are the Steelers? But then the Steelers end up beating yeah. them. Like, that's yeah. totally what happens. I mean, yeah, that, that that's fair. And then, you know, 
Cleveland, both games you might be dogs in, depending on where you're at. You might be dogs in um, the Ravens games, both of yeah. the Ravens games. Uh, I mean, L.A., the Chargers, depending on how they're playing at that point. Right. The line's not out yet, but you're already a dog in Kansas City. Oh, no doubt. It might change if Mahomes yeah. isn't playing, but you're already the dog Ten- there. Tennessee's a toss-up. Probably you know? a pick em, yeah. minus two, minus three situation right. there. Yeah. So they're going to be underdogs. You're going to have to pull some upsets if you're you the Steelers. Are. I mean, that's 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 how every season goes, right? You, you have to beat teams that you're – you know, quote not unquote, not supposed to, pay, yeah. to beat. I mean, that, that's how it goes. Um, but as we know, with the Steelers, you know, something that a lot of people have said, when you look at the Steelers, they always beat a team they shouldn't beat. And granted, they, a lot of the times, lose to a team that they shouldn't lose to. I mean, that, that is what happens. That I think you can make that case for any NFL team. Um, but for the most part, you know, especially last year, look at last year, you know, the Steelers were 11-0 and at one point, and then, you know, they collapsed down the stretch, right. lose to Washington. Lose, I mean, Washington wasn't bad, but lose to Cincinnati. You know, that, those are the type of things you can't have. I mean, not only that, but be have it be a competitive game against the Baltimore B team, or if not the C team, have a competitive game against the Dakless uh, Cowboys. I mean, there were – the struggles came before the losing started. We saw it come against the Baltimore Ravens. We saw it happen – against the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe something like 21 to 10 or or maybe 24 to 10. The Jacksonville Jaguars won one game last year and it came in week 1. And it wasn't a blowout, it wasn't a loss, but it wasn't a blowout. So there were signs of the team slowing down before the losing actually started. And if the Steelers get off to a rocky start, by the time they reach December, there's no reason for us to believe that they can turn things around come December when they have their toughest stretch of the season. Switching things to the NFL now. NFL was dominating headlines yesterday. As the NFL's network's Tom Pelissero reported, the NFL sent a memo to its clubs that basically stated that if a game cannot be res- that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18 week schedule due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss per sources. Uh, in addition, players on both of the teams will not be paid for the lost contest, and the team responsible for the canceled game due to unvaccinated players will cover financial losses Jeez. and be subject to potential discipline from the commissioner's office. So Initially, I thought that they were going to pull the plug and make the team that didn't do anything wrong not get paid. Now I feel like they're going to find the team that caused the outbreak to pay the, the players salaries the salary the, yeah. that they missed from not having to actually play the game. So with that being a little bit more clear, I'm a little bit better with that because that was the really the one part where I was kind of scratching my head like, that's really not fair. But they're trying to make it not fair because they're trying to incentivize players to go out and get this vaccine so that they don't lose any money this year. they want all of their games to be played on schedule in a highlighted portion they said we do not anticipate adding a 19th week to accommodate games and Kellen, i know you brought up uh beforehand you know what do you do if it's just one guy that's not vaccinated and the rest are positive and they're or, vaccinated i think they clearly they or they covered that by saying an outbreak among unvaccinated players so if it's a bunch right. of players who have the vaccine and test positive i think that it won't reach this this level you would hope but if it does spread i mean we we know at this point that vaccinated people can catch it i know the implications are different on that um and how the right the virus which is why works. i think they might have different uh, and they might but i like you might only have to be in quarantine like in the protocol for a day if yeah, you're vaccinated I mean, and then just, if you don't have symptoms you're good like, just say like if for example i don't know what 
what they constitute an outbreak as. I forget what they said last year, how many people. Wasn't it like it was like 10 or something? Something like that. But, okay, let's just use 10 as the barometer, right? Just say there's eight or nine guys that test positive for it that have the vaccine and one guy that doesn't. I mean, do do you punish every the entire team for the one guy that doesn't? I mean, I know I know they're trying to incentivize the vaccine, but my point is is like if the vast majority of the team has it and there's only one guy that doesn't, do you punish everybody? You know what I mean? Like can you I, I don't know how they're gonna do that, and I'm sure we'll we'll figure that out, more details will come out. But that's just the question that I had right away was like if there's only one guy and just say he's a guy on the practice squad or whatever, you know what I mean, or a guy that doesn't play or he's a third string guy or whatever. You know, and there's 10 other guys that have the vaccine and they test positive for it, too. How do you balance that? I'm sure, as you said, Tom, there's going to be a different set of rules. But I I just think, I mean, it was tough to do this last year. And you almost hope that you almost wish that this is what happened last year. But last year, you know, you didn't really know. I mean, no one knew what in the world was going on last year when it was going to end. I mean, no one predicted this sort of thing that was going to happen. Um but, I mean, at least they have a plan in place for this season. I think that's the one thing you could point to last year. Like, I know they got through the, through the season. I know they, you know, they played the Super Bowl and everything. And for the most part, you know, most of the teams didn't have COVID problems. I know there was a few that did. I mean, a wide receiver had to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. But at least this year there is a, a plan set forward before the season starts. I think last year, when you look at it, there really wasn't a plan set forward, you know? And I mean, hell, we, we there were definitely doing, wasn't because we were doing we the Steelers Saturday show last year. Cam Newton test positive for COVID. We all thought, well, that's it. That that's, had to be the yeah. season. I mean, that, that was a, a weird moment for us because yeah. we were in the middle of doing a show and we just spent the entire second hour to that Cam Newton story and, and the, in the possible after effects that came with it. But I mean, yeah, there was clearly no plan because look what happened. I mean, the only case you need to make about, or the only, evidence you need to support to show that there was no plan was what happened with the Baltimore game on Thanksgiving. You, there, I've never seen such ineptability from the NFL than I did that whole week leading up to that game and then the week following when the game was being delayed day after day after day. It was getting annoying after the second or third day that they were delayed, and then by the fifth day you were saying to yourself, why, why isn't the league forcing Baltimore to forfeit this game. I can understand a, a one or two or three day delay for this game, but the fact that it was six days after, essentially an entire week had passed from the day that it was supposed to be played. How do you not just say to the to the Baltimore Ravens, you have to forfeit this game? Well, now they can. Now yeah. they've definitely yeah, put course. that uh, in the realm of possibility. What's the biggest training camp battle nationally that you guys are really interested in? Cam, I think it's got to be Cam and Cam and, and, Mac, and Jones Mac Jones in New England. That's a good one. I think it's got to be in New Orleans though for Hill yeah. and, and Jameis Winston. I think that's the one that I think has so many implications because even if Mac Jones wins the job over Cam, I mean, do they have enough to go past the Bills? No, but even the Dolphins probably not either. So even if Mac Jones is is ready to start his career his rookie season i don't know if their division really allows them to win yeah which is fair very ironic because for years and years They've and years they beat it. that division yeah. down to the point where every team was kind of garbage except for the patriots now there's two teams that are i think playoff favorites in the dolphins and the bills and the patriots are going to be competitive as well that's a good one cam and mac jones and i think as far as new england's concerned they want mac jones to be 
the guy because yeah. I mean Cam. I think Newton, Cam's done. I, I really just don't do. think he can pass the ball anymore. No, I just don't think he has that ability left in him. I think, you know, early in the season they had a good start because he was able to run the ball a lot and yeah, they tailored that offense around him. But then he had the COVID outbreak mm-hmm. and just wasn't after really that, the same after that. Yeah. It, yeah, and maybe that's the effects from having the the virus, but. I think really what that was is that teams <laughs> is that just figured can't. out he can't throw the ball. Yeah. So and make, they just him, make the him throw the ball. Yeah. And the Patriots are pretty much done. Right. And actually, I mean, you brought up the, the Saints thing. This just broke by uh, by Rappaport uh, like five minutes ago. Saints star Michael Thomas is expected to miss the start of 2021, wow. uh, undergoing surgery to repair ligaments in his ankle in June. Um, and it says, based on the timing of the surgery and recommended four months of recovery, Thomas could be on the sideline for weeks. Um, one of the top comments is, why would he wait until training camp to do that? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but um, that makes it, I, I mean, if, whoever is the starter in New Orleans, whether it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, they're going to be without the top wide receiver, maybe, I mean, in that in that franchise for, I mean, so long. Uh, I mean, they're going to be without him for at least a couple weeks, um, at, the, at the very least. That's pretty crazy. It's a pretty tall task for them a lot. You guys not interested at all about the um... – quarterback battle in san francisco do you think it's just a done deal it's i think gonna it's be a jimmy done G. deal that it's going to be jimmy garoppolo i don't even know if there's going to be much of a position battle come camp trey lance out of all of the first round quarterbacks taken is the least ready to play in the pros he only played in what two games last season right. for uh north dakota state so i think just one actually now that I think and about it was it. just a showcase for game. Him. like they yeah. literally played it just to to show that he you know, was, play. was still able to play like he didn't lose his step do you so. think there's a battle in chicago yes i do i think it's Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton. I think it's, I think it's gonna be Andy the, Dalton in week the one. Dumb decisions made by Matt Nagy. But I, I think gonna, that guy no. is a, a horrible a, head coach. He is a horrible head coach. But I'm coming around to your line of thinking, Jacob. I don't think it's a dumb decision to start Dalton week one. No, I don't week think you one start is Justin fine. Fields in LA. That's, that's not a that's not a position battle. What's the position battle is week two if Nagy is still going with Dalton over Fields by that point. You don't, have to. Don't if Dalton, if Dalton somehow wins in LA, though. You I don't know. No. Really? You'd bench Dalton if he won. They're not going to win LA? if Dalton starts in LA. They're not going to win that game. Yeah, week ones are weird. That's the only thing going in their favor. And that's really not to get off topic here, but that's going in the Steelers' favor, too, that they drew Buffalo in week one. Because week ones are weird. Buffalo might not get off to such a great start. So maybe that happens with Andy Dalton. But I think there's going to be a position battle there. It's, um, the Saints is one that resonates with me. The storyline with the Packers is incredibly intriguing. Yeah. I just yeah. it's gonna be you watch NFL network, you watch ESPN, it's gonna be Aaron Rodgers watch all camp long. I mean, there's just every day you're gonna have a headline that says Aaron Rodgers is not at camp. Aaron Rodgers is not at camp until the day he finally breaks and shows up to camp. Do you think he breaks? We all speculated that he won't break though, and that the first time you see Rodgers show up will be the week before week one. And the Monday practice before that Sunday game in week one is when I think Rodgers will eventually make his appearance in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a battle, but it's a battle for completely different reasons. And I mean, if as you said, if he if Rodgers gets there before week one, I think he probably I mean, unless it's the week before or a couple of days before um, he probably is the starter, no doubt. But it's just such an interesting situation. I mean, with all that we heard what earlier in the week that he turned down a deal to be the highest paid quarterback, uh, you know, right now in, in, in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know what it means because do you do you guys really think that he's not going to show up at all? Because a part of me deep down, I don't think it's what's going to happen, but a part of me deep down really believes that 
he's just flat out not going to show up. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't know. I mean, how crazy would it be if week one rolled around and he, and wasn't, he wasn't on the field and yeah. he just, was but he was still, still on out. the Packers. Because they're not going to trade him. No. They would have traded him by now if it was going to be that avenue. They're just waiting him out, and they want him to be their starter this year. If he doesn't show up for week one and they have to play an actual game with Jordan Love, yeah. I mean, first of all, talk about making it all about you. Because everybody in the NFL, not just in Green Bay, will be looking at Rod. It would be the biggest distraction to week one. I it mean, would be bigger than week one almost. If you looked at, like, just for example, if the, if the game's on CBS and Romo and Nance are doing it or whatever um, – I mean, that would be the graphic that would open up the game. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, it would compare him to to Jordan Love and that sort of thing. Um, I I mean, it would, as you said, Tom, be the biggest distraction. Like, it wouldn't even be about the guys on the field. It would be about where is Aaron Rodgers, why is Rodgers not here, that sort of thing. That's what it would, you know, that would, that's what it would dilute to is the fact that where, you know, why aren't you here? You know, you're a contracted member of the the Green Bay Packers and, and you're not here. Um, and then, and as you said, they're not going to trade him at this point. No, uh, there's been, no way. It would have happened already. It would have happened already. It probably would have I mean, happened in the draft. We're in uh, June. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen now. They play the Saints in week one in New Orleans. It's on Fox at 425. That's probably that's a good game. It's I mean, probably going to be on national TV. That's probably going to be Joe Buck, Troy. Yeah, Aikman. two of the bigger uh, marquee franchises going at each other. And they have storylines because with the Saints, we're going to find out who will be the starter, the heir to Drew Brees, will be Winston or Hill. And then with the Packers, it's going to be, is Aaron Rodgers going to show up? So mm-hmm. definitely going to be a spicy game uh, between the Saints and the Packers to start things off week one. Uh, another intriguing thing I'm looking forward to this training camp is the emergence of new quarterbacks in new places. Matt Stafford in L.A., Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, Ryan Fitzpatrick well, in Washington. Well, before we get to that, can we do one more quarterback battle? Yeah. Is there going to be one in Denver? Yeah, but who cares? Okay. Right? Like, I mean. I don't know. I mean, like, like, maybe that's a team that is on the up. Between I mean, Locke we, and Bridgewater? They ha- Between Locke and Bridgewater, we know how good the receivers are. They just went out and got Javante Williams to pair with Melvin Gordon. We know how good their defense is with Bradley Chubb, and now we're returning Von Miller. Denver could be a sneakily good team. I mean, maybe not you know, a twelve and five team, but something around like a ten and seven or a nine and eight. I think that's the ceiling, and I think it would have to be defensively driven for them to get to that point. But there is going to be position battle in Denver. I just don't know if it's going to matter because I actually have them pegged as more of a five six win team, no matter who's uh, the starting okay. quarterback. So. Although I did see USA, and we can get to this late and next week potentially, but I did see USA today had them with more wins than the Steelers this year in their official predictions. Wow. I just don't see how that is possibly going to happen, though. I mean, maybe their defense is well beaters. Yeah. But with the new guys in new places, you know, the big three, I think, and forgive me if I'm forgetting someone and you can jump down my throat if I am, but I think it's Stafford, like I said, in L.A., Wentz in Indy, and Fitzpatrick in Washington. I mean, Jared Goff in Jared Detroit. Jared Goff in Detroit kind of moves the needle, but – I think those three guys that I mentioned could make the playoffs with their new team. I don't know if Jared Goff can get the Detroit Lions to the playoffs. And maybe Fitzpatrick can only get Washington to the playoffs because of the division he plays in, but you can't control the division. Well, I guess he could control it because he was a free agent, but you know, it's not his fault that the division is crappy and that he has an avenue to the playoffs that most teams don't at their skill level. But I think Stafford has the most to prove and the most to gain out of anybody because he comes into a team that was already – Coming off of a playoff win last year with Jared Goff, they went to Seattle and upset the Seahawks in Seattle in the first round with a very injured Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. So the roster is great, and that defense is one of the top five defenses in the NFL. 
Right. Now they have a great quarterback uh, trying to capture some magic for a couple of seasons as he's rounding his career to a close. And I think you can kind of get a little bit of a rejuvenated Matt Stafford, at least in this first year, where he's going to feel a little fountain of youth because of never having an opportunity to be on a contender before. Yeah, and um, I just I just blanked on what you were saying there. Um, Stafford. Stafford. Stafford, goodness gracious. With him being in, in L.A., um, I mean, he, it's uber important. It's his best team that he's ever had. Oh, it's absolutely the best team that he's ever had. Probably the best coach that he's ever had. Yeah. Is it the best wide receiver that he's ever had? I mean, Definitely I really no, 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 no. Of course no, not, but no, no, it's no. the but best. Receiver crew yeah, or receiver maybe. core. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's Is the... Calvin Johnson individually better than Robert Woods, yeah. Cooper Cup? Yeah, Top? he is. I th- maybe, yeah, he is. but it's without question the best situation that he's ever been. Yeah, he you know? does think he lost his running back though. Yeah, I mean That's that hurts. A tough one right that hurts. There. You know, losing before That's you even some get of camp. that Lions luck maybe following. <laughs> uh, maybe I mean, I mean but that, that is a very Lions thing to have happen. It is. I mean, it does stink that you lose your, you know, the guy that you're going to go into the season with. You're, you're starting running back, the guy you're going to lean on. Granted, Daryl Henderson's not a bad backup. Do you think but... McVeigh's also saying? Thank God I have Stafford because if I had yeah. to really gunsling it with Goff, I don't know how that goes. No. But now I kind of can just yeah. be a pass, 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 pass offense and win games. That yeah, way. I mean, I guess you kind of have to be now. I mean, Henderson, as I said, isn't bad, but um, you know, if it was Goff, you would definitely be worried. You would be way more worried about it than you are now. You know what I mean? You you would definitely have more concerns, and you know, maybe it was the best. I mean, I think it was a great move by by the Rams to, to bring Stafford in. If you're trying to win now, he was probably one of the better guys on the, you know, I know it was a trade, but you know, that's probably one of the best moves you could have made. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have golf, I think this season is completely different as it is now with Stafford. I mean, there's no question about that. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Steeler standard. Thank you as always for listening next week. Our, whole SNR family will kick off our training camp coverage starting on Tuesday. So we'll have wall to wall coverage from training camp from morning till night on SNR ESPN Pittsburgh. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. If you're craving Steelers talk, now is the time it is officially getting ramped up. The season is officially here and we could not be more excited for that over here at Steelers standard for Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gursky. I'm Tom Offerman. Thanks as always for listening. We'll talk to you next week.